Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Well, glad you guys are here with us live and those who are here online. Just to remind those of you online, we are here live and we actually have our children's uh, service going on at the same time here. So if you have kids, bring them down and we are working things out, but we have the room for them now and making that happen. Uh, But let's pause. Let's pray before we get started this morning. Father, it is a busy season, but oftentimes the busyness actually takes us away instead of drawing us near to you, and we pray that that would not happen. We pray that even this morning as we are here, present or online, that we are also presenting ourselves to you to draw near to you and allow your presence to guide our lives, to shape how we live in this busy season. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name, to acknowledge you, to worship you, to learn of you, and to lean into what you have for our lives. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning once again. I'm going to go through some announcements uh, with you guys. I want to remind you that um, we are here because of your giving, and so your offerings to Genesis are helpful. Those are the ways that you can give. Um, I know in this season, um, money can be tight, but also it's also a time where people do a lot of last-minute giving for tax purposes, and so... We are non-denominational, non-profit, and tax-exempt. Anyway, those things are there. But one of the things that we are also doing during this season is trying to step into avenues where we can um, engage again. And so there are opportunities to help. If you would like to kind of come alongside and help with the children, uh, the things that we're doing there, please let us know. Go talk to Randy. If you want to help with some of the things Jordan's doing, setting up chairs or uh, things like that for the uh, Art for Artists or Philosophy and Critical Thinking, talk to him. Anything that we have that's going on, if you would like to be a part of it, ask us because we would like you to be a part of it. We'd like to be involved, right? This isn't about just busy work. This is about connection and so how we can connect together. And so we have all these areas of opportunity, even as I'm going to be talking about some of the things happening, there are opportunities for you to help out in some way, in some form. 
Let me get my keys out of my pockets because they're stabbing me. Um, one of the things that we have going on Tuesday, the 14th, is we have the Art for Artists, and that's happening here at the building at 7 p.m. And this is something where if you have any kind of... Uh, creative work happening. It can be music. It can be uh, cooking. If you would like to bake, we would love that. Um, my daughter is a baker, and so she makes cookies. Maybe I can have her bring her art here so we could enjoy it that night. Um, but any way that you show art, I mean, we've had people bringing stained glass, of course, music, poetry, uh, different artists that we've had come here. That's all for you to come and participate. And that's the one key about this. It's not just to come and spectate. You have to participate. The great thing is, is it's a non-judgment zone. So no one's going to critique your art and say, you know what? It's not very good. Um, everyone's going to try and encourage you in your art. And that's why people come with things that aren't yet finished. You know, hey, I've been working on this song. And then people can give input and it's been a lot of fun. So that's happening on Tuesday, the 14th. The following Tuesday, the 21st, is the Philosophy and Critical Thinking. And that's here again at 7 p.m. And this next one is going to be on vulnerability, right? So everyone read your Brene Brown, come ready to, to bear. Um, and it should be fun. Our last one was very good on community. And this is, again, opportunity to connect. And if you'd like to help in some way, talk to Jordan. He's setting these things up. We are also having a Christmas service, Christmas morning here at 10 a.m. I don't have a slide for the Christmas service, but we are having that nonetheless. So even though we don't have slides, we still have the service. And that's going to be happening Sunday morning at 10 a.m. here, and it's going to be a short service, probably about 30 minutes altogether, and we hope you guys will join us. And then later on in that evening at 5 o'clock, we have first full circle community discussion. Um, if you don't have a place to go for Christmas, you can come, and that's going to be at the Works Building. And so something's happening for the rest of uh, this month. Now, I want to share with you guys a little bit. Yesterday, we gave out 17 gift cards to the children from Hope, to Homes for Hope. It's a foster care uh, facility. Um, and they had an event yesterday that we were kind of late to the party, but I was invited to just come and see what it was. And so we put together 17 cards. You have the picture of the cards there, Rick? Those are the cards. And in each of those cards was a gift card for $20 and a special note written by our poet, uh, Brian. The next one has what it's written. There is no season where you are not seen, valued, and loved. Merry Christmas, the Genesis family. So thank you for all of you who contributed to that to make that happen. There were a lot more kids. This facility is dealing with 143 foster children in the area. And that's just one facility. We still have another 20 plus kids to give to. And so continue to contribute towards the tens for teens. And we have that slide there. That'll show us where you can give. You can go on Venmo at the Genesis community and put their teens or tens or advent. We'll get it to that place. You can Zelle as well. I don't know if Zelle allows you to put a little note, um, but if we get something that's in the $10 range, we will know that it's tens for teens, okay? And so these are areas where you can continue to give and sponsor that. One of the things I was, I was there, they, they, 
normally have a Christmas event where they have a party and they invite all the families because what they do is they bring support to the foster parents in these areas. And what they usually do is have a Christmas party, but because of COVID, they just had a drive-through where the families drive through and then we loaded gifts and things into the cars. And so there was a lot happening. There was Home Depot was there. Other people gave groceries. There was a lot of gifts, stuffed animals for the little ones. Um, and, and as this was happening, I was watching, and one of the young girls got a, the card that we gave that had her name on it, right? And she looked at it, and she opened it up, and then she saw the card and saw the gift card, and she got all excited. She was like, oh, and then she put the card back right away, right? Like, oh, man, this is mine, right? I'm putting it in there, and it was very heartwarming to see that take place and to know that, hey, we made that smile happen. And to see the kids smiling was a pretty powerful thing. We also have the Warrior for Children, the box kind of toy drive that's happening. And thank you for all of you who brought the toys in. We have a box here in the back. And if you go to the computer screen or later on, you can just come up to the uh, flyers that we have here and you get your smartphone out and you go on any of those. My choice was Amazon because I don't have to drive anywhere. I just have them bring it to my house and then I'm going to bring it and drop it in the box. But it'll take you to a list of toys that are available or things that you can do. And then you can bring those here, drop them in the box and they're going to pick this box. They don't need to be wrapped. They're just given to us, and then we give them to them, okay? These are the things we are doing this Advent. Remember, we are wanting Christmas to be the opportunity to actually bring change to the world, and so we're asking people to spend less and to give more, and these are the ways that we are choosing to do it this year, and so I hope that you guys will Take this to heart and realize that you don't have to give to the commercialism of everything, right? You, you don't have to contribute towards the excess, that you can stop that. I just got a note. We have raised $400 um, for the tens for teens. I think there's so far, and I think there's actually a couple hundred more. So I think it's 600 so far for the tens for teens. So again, thank you guys for that. The more money, the more we can give towards the kids coming up. Um, but we don't have to get caught up in the commercialism. We don't have to. We don't have to do all the things. I don't have to buy that silly gift for my aunt who I only see at Christmas time. Right, and, and my aunt knows that I don't. And so what we do for Christmas, we get the family and we just have a gag gift. Everyone just you know, does a white elephant gift and we take turns, draw names to see who has the silliest gift, right? Except for the one good gift. We, someone gets an iPod. No, that's just the office episode. Anyway, we don't have to get involved with that. What we can do is actually do good. And that's what we're trying to do. And I hope you guys will join us in that. Okay. We're going to continue in living between Advents, and I want you to open up to Hebrews chapter one. And I want to ask a question is, does God speak? And if so, how? How does God speak to us? And this is something I want you to keep in mind, because at the end, I'm going to ask some questions that we're going to, again, talk about together. But it has to do with God speaking to us and how. And in Hebrews one 
Verse 1, the writer says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. This passage of scripture is telling us that not only has God spoken, but God continues to speak. And it says that God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And we have, looking back at the prophets, whether it's Abraham, Moses, Samuel, Elijah, and then some of the writings of the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the rest. And the author would look, later include the Psalms, so David in that, where God has spoken in various ways. And we see it take form in dreams that they had and visions that they had, right? There was burning bushes, divine messengers. It would seem that their history, that God was speaking in all kinds of ways. And the writer then goes on to tell us, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And there's a couple things that stand out to me in this. One is the phrase, the last days. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that phrase, the last days, brings PTSD for me, right? I've got tra trauma from the last days. I used to go to, to last days concerts, right, and conferences. I would go to the Anaheim Convention Center where it would be filled and there would be Sweet Comfort or Daniel Amos or some big name band playing. And then all these pastors would come up and Pastor Chuck Smith would eventually come up and tell us about how these are the last days because of all these reasons, right? And as he was telling us these things, I mean, I, I can remember how it would impact me, right? Uh, of course, there was Russia was going to have to invade Israel because they needed oil from the Middle East and it was going to be happening anytime soon because he had friends in high places that told him things were going to happen and this could happen by the end of the year. I can remember that, right? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Russia's going to invade Israel by the end of the year. And then there was the European common market, the 10 hills in Revelation, where the 10 nations that are congregating in Europe that are gathering together and they have 10 flagpoles outside their, their they have 11 flagpoles outside their building. 10 of them represent the nations. One is for the Antichrist who's yet to be revealed. And if you do not come to Jesus you are going to go through this great tribulation and all the terrible things that were going to happen. I remember those things. I, I'm telling you guys things because it's embedded in my psyche, right? I mean, it, it's just there. And of course, Israel has not gone through and invaded Israel. I mean, there's still tension there. And there's now 27 nations in the EU. So that's changed. And a lot of times what we do is keep moving the goalposts, right? Now it's COVID. Now it'll be something else. And the last days is always this idea of the end of the world is coming, but it doesn't have to mean that. 
It, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It might mean something else entirely, like it's a, a reference to what it is when the Messiah has come and we're living in that time that it's considered the last days. So it was the last days when the writer of Hebrews is writing, and it's the last days today, and it'll be a last days tomorrow or however long in the future. It's not marking the end of the world. It's marking a time where God has revealed himself in a certain way. And seeing that might help alleviate some anxiety for some of you, right? It didn't for me. There's a podcast I listened to, and it talks about, you know, people who've gone through this trauma of worrying about the rapture, where they'd come down and their mom was out of the kitchen and out of the house, and they'd freak out because the rapture happened, and I missed it, right, just because their mom went to the neighbors and borrowed some milk or something like that, right? The last days is not this end of the world, but it is a time of importance. It's the time that we're living in because of who Christ is and what Christ is doing. And it's important to understand that that is something that is happening. And also when he says he has spoken to us through his son, does that mean that he only speaks through Jesus? Does he not use dreams anymore? Does he not speak to us in various ways? And, and I don't believe the author is saying that God doesn't speak in these ways anymore, but what he is saying is that God has spoken more clearly through his son because he is the image of God. Now, In the ancient world, when they were trying to communicate and they had to communicate an important message, we want to, you know, have an army go to this place or we want to do this work, we want to invest in something, and a a governor or an official would send out the order, they would write it down and they would seal it and they would pour wax on it to make sure it was sealed, couldn't be opened, and then he had a signet ring that he'd press into it and that showed that this is from who's actually sending it, right? So some person doesn't just come by and go, yeah, I'm, I got orders from you know the governor. He says, you're supposed to give me $100, right? It, it's not that kind of a thing. It's like, no, where's the signet? How do we know? It doesn't have his signet ring. It doesn't have the impression of who he is. And what the writer is saying is that Jesus is the impression of God stamped in human flesh so that we can know that what he is saying is actually coming from God and that we can trust it. He's wanting us to know this is who he is. He's the exact imprint of God's nature, of God's character. It's got the DNA of God all over it. I recently went to a Christmas program for my grandson, Judah. And you know how those are, five years old, they're just cute. And he's at the end of the preschool, he's like in the higher grade for the preschoolers. And so they would bring him out, you know, group at a time, this age group, they'd have these kids and they'd be singing, these kids and they'd be singing. They brought Judah out and all the kids, you know, they just got the girls got their Christmas dresses on, guys all got button shirts on and Judah had a Christmas sweater on. And, you know, he didn't know all the words, but the words he knew, he knew them well and he yelled them out and he had the hand motions down and he was going for it. And it was just so fun to watch. And then he went off and then they brought 
all the other kids together up to do one final song, right? The big encore. And as they bring him out, all of a sudden, Judah's hair's all tousled and his sweatshirt's missing. His sweater's gone. So Judah comes out there in a t-shirt with his hair all tousled. And I'm looking at him and I go, that's a Scotty, right? It's like, that's my boys. That's exactly how they were. And I remember even myself, because Karina always says, I think he's just like you were when you were little. And I say, no, but I think she's right. She's got a point here because I remember at a reception that we had at our house after a wedding, you know, I was in a turtleneck. I remember it was the 60s. Hey, okay, right? And so I was in this turtleneck and probably some slacks and some dress shoes, and I just hated it. I was miserable. And the wedding was over, and I think dinner was over. I went into my room, I got my LA Rams t-shirt on, my jeans and my tennis shoes, and I started walking around the party like, I'm done, I live here, right? I saw Judah and I thought, yeah, I know who you are. There's a representation that's there that we receive and understand, right? And we see that That was one of the things that happened to me this week that made me think about what it means to have character, right? The the character of God is something that shows up in our lives in different ways. There's another thing that happened to me this week. I got a three-page letter um, from someone. Her name will remain anonymous. She left her address out and no way to contact her because she didn't want to have a conversation. She wanted to let me know basically that I am deceiving you all and I'm deceived, and I'm leading you to a cliff to hell. Just letting you guys know so you can run out now if you want to, but this is kind of the general idea of the letter that she said. And as she was saying that, you know, I was just thinking, you know, one of the things that she mentioned in the letter was that that Sunday morning she came with uh, some of her family, And I had said that I have been having a crisis of faith for 13 years, which I I say it's going to be 14 years soon. Anyway, and she took that in a very, you know, maybe she didn't see it in the way I'm intending it. And, you know, I I say that and I think most people know what I'm saying. and, And I say it intentionally because I know a lot of you and I know some of us are going through crises of faith. Right where our faith is being challenged, tested, grown, reshaped. You could call it deconstruction, construction, whatever you want to call it. It it goes through this evolving, and it's difficult. It's really hard. And I don't think it's uncommon, right, what it is to go through these things and to change and to grow into the character of Christ is often a difficult thing. I, I think of Peter. You know, here's Peter, a fisherman, and he's called to follow this rabbi. I think, man, that had to be a difficult thing for him to do, leave his livelihood and go follow this, you know, preacher who's walking around. And then he's all in. I mean, he's just giving his life to this guy. And then, you know, he says, well, I'm going to go and be crucified. And he says, not so. I'll die for you. He cuts off Malchus's ear. And Jesus is like, stop it. And then Jesus is taken, arrested, and Peter denies him. And then Peter is restored by him. I think that was a crisis. I think all this was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? How am I supposed to change? I didn't expect this, and I didn't expect this, and I didn't expect this. When Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me? And he says, Lord, 
I phileo you. I, I'm very fond of you. I, I, I really do care about you. And Jesus asks him again, do you agape me? He says, I, I phileo you. I really care. And Jesus says, do you phileo me? And Peter is grieved. He goes, you know all things. I'm sure that was a crisis of faith. And as he goes on, later on, we see in Acts chapter 10, he hasn't eaten and he's going into a trance and all this food that's unclean comes down in the sheet and God tells him, kill and eat. And he says no to God, which is something that I feel like I've said before. I don't know about you guys. Have you ever said, no, God, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't make sense to my tradition, to my faith, to the things that I've been brought up in. That is contradictory. And God says, don't say it's unclean if I've cleansed it. And then he goes into Cornelius, the Roman centurion's house. And the first thing he says when he's in Cornelius's house is, you know, I'm not supposed to be here because we Jews don't deal with you Gentiles, but God told me to come here. So, hey, I'm here. That's not the best way to open up a, a conversation, right? But that's what he does. I'm sure that was a crisis of faith. You see, and, and all these things are moving Peter and they move us from where we are to where Jesus is and what Jesus looks like. And it shows up in our lives in so many ways. And so I use the term crisis of faith. If it doesn't resonate with you, put in your own terms, but that's what I mean. And that's what I'm trying to explain because I, I think that repentance is part of that crisis of faith that continually happens in our lives that moves us into becoming more like the image of Christ who is the image of the invisible God. I, I, I need to change so that I can look more like that, but the change is often difficult. And sometimes I get stuck in those areas where I just think last days means this, period. Or I mean, you know, think the scripture says this, period. And I think that the Gentiles are still unclean, period. Or you fill in the blanks of what things you've been brought up in that hold on that don't look like the character of Christ. And it's a crisis to try and change and move into those areas, or or at least it's been to me. And I think repentance is about changing our minds and believing is about changing our direction by changing our character, right? So I repent of how I used to think and I believe because I'm living like what I see Jesus like, and that's now become a part of my life. And that action is so important, right? That believing has to show up in the character, in what I'm doing. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, where John spoke to him, he said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. If someone's casting out demons, right? Whatever that looks like, it's probably a good thing, right? We don't want to stop someone from casting out demons. If they're casting out demons, let them go, man. It's a good thing. But they're not with us. They don't believe like we believe. I think I'm going to write them a letter and let them know that they're wrong in their casting out of demons, Jesus says, stop it. They're not against you. They're for you. If they're they're doing the work that Jesus did, it's a good thing. 
Let it go. See, my grandson may not want to wear a sweater, but he has some characteristics that I love. When my mom was sick and she broke her foot because of the radiation, we got to go to Disneyland, but she was in a wheelchair. And Rick, show that picture. There's a picture of my grandson with my mom at Disneyland sitting with her on the wheelchair, and he just loved to be there with her. He's having the great time, right? And he has this heart where this next picture where she was very ill, and he was with her and was caring, and he was just like, oh, and he was saddened that she was there, and so he had to go and be with her. There's empathy in this boy that I love. He'll watch something on TV, a squirrel get caught in a trap, and he'll go, oh, he cares. I, I don't care that his hair is a mess. I don't care that he throws off his Christmas sweater. I mean, I do, but I care more for the empathy. And as long as he continues to grow in this way, then everything else is secondary. In this place where God has been revealed and where we have to now live and follow, there's going to have to be changes made to what we value and follow after. And it may feel like a crisis, and that's okay. It's not comfortable, but it's necessary. And we might get upset because it looks like someone else is casting out demons. When I was sitting in that line watching the cars go by with all the, the people who have you know the children and they have the children who are in foster care, there was a lady who came drove by. She had a nice uh, Subaru Forester. That's how I remember. And she's probably about 28 years old, maybe in her early 30s. And there were two little girls in her back seat, probably like four, three years old. One of them might have been her kid because some of them have kids and then they have foster kids. And, and I thought, why does she have a foster child? What is it about her that said, I, I need to step into the life of these kids? And, and, and it just moved me. And as the cars would go by, and I'd see cars with five, six kids, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here, right? But that they would step into the lives and want to do these things. It's like, you know what? If you're casting out demons, and maybe this is just getting rid of, you know, I mean, the idea, and I know this isn't literal, but maybe helping children out who are without homes is like getting rid of some demon in our society. You see, a person like that, I see the character of Christ than just someone who's writing information, telling me where I'm wrong, not even willing to have a conversation with me. You're telling me I'm wrong more than you can know. I know where I'm wrong more than probably most of you. I don't know if I'm wrong. I just know I'm not always sure. But the character is what matters. What's the character like? Where is that taking us? How is that leading us? We are in a place where we, are who we, we aren't yet who we want to be, and we're being called to who we could be. And these things are colliding together. This is what it is to, to live between Advents. 
We know the Christ, the image, the character of God has come. We know what that looks like. We know how I am and we know how I'm supposed to be. And all this is working its out and it's messy sometimes. And it's difficult sometimes. And if you're struggling, it's okay. I'm not sure anymore about what I believe about these things. That's okay. Jesus appeared to the disciples after he rose from the dead and some doubted. That's okay. They were still his disciples and they doubted. You're struggling with something? It's okay. You don't have it all right? It's okay. But there is an image that bears the image of his father that I think we can see and resonate with. Even with the sweater off, even with the hair tousled, there is something there that looks like God. It looks like Jesus. And I will follow after that. And whatever else can be said, I just need to follow after that, right? Look at these people. They're casting out demons and they're not with us. Hey, at least they're casting out demons. I want to be in that place of character. I think being honest with these things is important. I think it's part of our spiritual growth. I think it's part of allowing our belief to to grow legs and and live itself out. And so I'm going to challenge us and and what we're going to do here just for a few minutes and what I encourage you to do who are watching online is I want you to ask yourselves a question. Have you had a crisis of faith? And you can share as much as you feel comfortable with sharing. You don't have to spill the beans. But again, this is a judgment-free zone. It's so interesting that the person who wrote me that letter, the day they came was on the day I was talking about not judging. Um, but anyway, and, and I'm not alone. You know, We broke up into small groups that time, and they told Lydia that she was lost and going to hell too. So that's always nice to have good company. Um, But I want to ask you, have you ever had a crisis of faith? And if you feel comfortable to share it in the group that you're in or at home talking about it. And the purpose is for us to be able to know each other better and to see that vulnerability is a part of that because it's honest. And then also I want to ask, what is the characteristic of Jesus that you feel the need to pursue or continue pursuing? And maybe, just maybe, these are working together. I don't know. But often that's been the case with me. The, char- the crisis I've had has actually been trying to push me to the character I need. And so I want to take some time and do that here together, and I hope you guys will do that at home as well. But let's pray right now. Father, as we are living in a place where you have revealed yourself through Christ, you have shown us your character, you've also revealed to us our character. 
and the need to change, the need to, to repent, and the need to believe. And I pray that's what we would do, that we would change how we think and we would start following after you and your character and desiring it for our lives, God. And this is a continual process, Lord, and may it it continue to shape us and grow us. May we continue to learn who you are and see ourselves in where we need to change where we need to grow. And may we avoid the temptation to just have a nice sweater on but not have the right heart in it. May we avoid the the trap that you told us to, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, to, to put on a face that isn't genuine, that isn't who we really are, to act one way but to be different. May who we are, be real and look more and more like you. Thank you again for challenging me, challenging us. Lord, may we continue to be challenged by who you are in your character to live like you. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Randy's going to lead us in one last song. Sorry, I, I kind of closed it different. Um, And then after that song, we're going to break up into just a couple of groups here for a few minutes. Before I close out, I do want to lift up in prayer those who are part of our community who are ill or going through difficult times, maybe having a crisis of some form right now. We don't need to mention any names, but they are on our hearts and in our minds And if you know someone who is in that place, do what you can within the scope of that relationship to bring comfort, to bring empathy and peace to them. Let's pray. Father, there are friends of ours who are hurting physically, who are ill, who have COVID and who are recovering, who have other ailments and are still suffering who are going through family struggles that are overbearing and consuming. And Father, I pray that you would touch, heal, deliver, restore, encourage. And may we be a part of that in whatever way we can. Our hearts go out to them. We love them. We miss them. We desire for their lives to have your strength, peace in it, even through these times. We do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. May you not dress up in a Christmas sweater without the character of the heart of God underneath. God bless you guys. Love you. You guys who are here, we're going to stick around just for a couple of minutes, and I would like to break up into two groups. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.